Oh yeah. Oh yeah, baby. I just that's that's baby making music right there. That's all I'm gonna tell you. Oh, it's just so smooth. Uh, Shouts uh, out to uh, yeah. Todd yeah. Lines One in Wilmington, uh, North Carolina for doing the beat for us. <laughs> Love it. Uh, his, 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 the album is called the Michael Crichton Tape. Yeah. I'm just I just feel like, you know, I'm just like in the mood with this whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, welcome to the new Pinch of Basil show. It's October 6th. And how do I know it's October 6th? Because I just paid my American Express bill. That's right. And it was due October 6th, 2021. We have changed our show for the better to make it the best damn radio slash podcast show that there is. I want to bring you fantastic guests. Who are the movers and shakers in the entertainment world, sports world, and more from all over the world? Um, hey, I'm Basil. That's right. God's gift to all women around the world. Along with my fantastic director, director, engineer. Hell, we will let him talk a little bit. J.R. Quitman. What How up? you doing, J.R.? What up? What up? How's it going? No, I'm doing fine. And of course, Janice Hermson, my co-host, who is back from special assignment report. From Reno, Nevada, we flew her out there to find out what's going on, and we're just going to find out what's going on with Janice. How are you, sweetheart? <laughs> I am doing very well, thank Probably you. Probably a little bit jet lag from going flying oh, back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> very special assignment. Very, special. Uh, very, very special. Top secret special. Uh, <laughs> we are indeed broadcasting our show right now, streaming live on Facebook at Basil Fans, Twitch at a pinch of basil youtube at basil the comedian you'll see our wonderful logo slash icon click that you can catch the show right there and of course um to be quite honest with you man we are just about all over um you go through anchor and we got like eight different outlets including spotify apple podcast just the name of couple and um you know, the big thing is that I, I really want to thank is a Greek Beat Radio because we broadcast this show all over the world. Thanks to Greek Beat Radio. We go through Australia, all throughout Europe, all throughout North America, South Africa, Central and South America. And uh, let us not forget that uh, we love them. Thank you all so much. And we're listening live on FM radio in London as well. So and at other various stations across the world. Um, Hey, listen, uh, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, you can call us toll-free. I'm not going to say it's a new toll-free number because we've had it now for about, uh, what, five, eight, six weeks now? So it's old. 844-523-2633. 844-523-2633. Like I said, I really want to hear from you, my special listeners. We already have uh, Kathy Cece from Australia who's listening to us. Linda Lackis. How are you? Polly Brown. Harry Bafalukos is on there with us. And um, like I said, we really want to hear from you. So go to our social outlets, as I just mentioned. That's right. All the social outlets, maybe Facebook, Instagram. Facebook, go to Basil Fans, B-A-S-I-L-E-F-A-N-S. Follow me. That's all you got to do. And if you want to email me, you can go to info at a pinch of basil. That's all you got to do. Uh, it's real simple. P info at 
a pinch of basil. Follow us, join us. Like I said, Basil fans, um, you want to find out where I'm at? Go to my website. Go to Basil Live. Find out all my big concert dates and shows that I'm doing. Hey, I want to thank the people over um, that did a wonderful job at the Comedy Zone in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Thank you so, so much. This week, I'll be in Belmore, New York at Governor's Comedy Club at the Brokerage. That's right, at the Brokerage. Governor's, Saturday, Sunday. It's going to be uh, October 9th is my general audience show. That's right, the one that I do in Vegas and Atlantic City and all over the world. Um, and also the Greek show on Sunday at 4 p.m. Sunday. Just going to, you know, call. Just call right now. 516-781-5233. Get your tickets. October 13th at the Ohio State Columbus, Ohio private show. Sorry. Uh, the 16th, I'll be in Youngstown, Ohio, everyone. That's right, Youngstown, Ohio, at the Funny Farm. Call 330-759-4242. Um, hey, listen, a limited seating. I'm sorry. We're doing two shows. That's all I can do. I can't be there Friday. Um, I, I, I'm i doing a little promotion, and I'm doing stuff on Friday night. I got a date. Just don't let Kula know because she'll kick my ass. All right. Uh, for other dates, you want to find I'm out. I'm going to tell. I'm going to oh, tell. You know what? You just do your little special assignment stuff. All right. Um, again, do it on my website if you want to find out more dates. Uh, Basil Live for fundraisers, corporate events, and private holiday parties, theaters, and comedy clubs. Email me at Basil. You listening? Basil at a pinch of basil.com. And, um, and uh, JR, what's the thing you wanted to tell all the listeners and everything that's wrong right now? You know what I want to say to all the listeners that's joining us on um, on all the streaming platforms? I want to ask it politely, so ever so politely, if while you're here watching us now, if you will click that little subscribe box that's next to the, uh, on the uh, video that you are watching, that'll, that'll enable you to subscribe to the channel and be uh, um You'll know when all the videos and all the live streams and everything are coming out. And um, you won't miss a show with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much, man. That's it, also, it also helps, it also helps, you know, with our, with the numbers and everything with YouTube so that we're able to um, upgrade the stream and upgrade the equipment and all, all that good stuff to help bring you all a better product, hopefully, in the future, for sure. A better product. I, I mean, he's a pro. Basically, to get me money to get me away from Basil. <laughs> You know, you got a candle burning in the background and I'm getting hypnotized because it's like flickering on and off and I'm about to say yes to everything. I like everything. it. I like it. It's a, That's it's pretty a, um, cool. It's, it's a part of my, uh, my feng shui, if you will. Oh. You got okay. feng shui? You don't even know how to say feng shui, yeah, but got, you got, got it. Feng, I got feng shui, feng choy. I don't know. Yeah, I got bok choy. I just That's ordered last night. Um, so, Yeah. <laughs> I just wanna just wanna say that. Oh, you know what I'm saying? My joke gets I just sat there. Man, welcome to my world. That's where some of my jokes go. So it's okay. Yeah. Uh, my good friend Paul Paul Bond is with us as well. Uh and uh thanks, Paul, for coming on, brother. I love you. I miss you. Um and again put that back up there so everybody can see. Still no JR show. Really? That's what you're going to post? That's it. It's got to be the JR show? Really? Really? It's going to okay. be the only, that's going to be the only comment that gets shown. <laughs> Again, call us if you guys had any questions. Make sure for our guests, because we got a wonderful guest coming up. 1-844-523-2633. Questions for the show, call or post. And we have a wonderful guest. 
Uh, I was very, very excited when he said yes. Uh, the actual current CEO uh, of the NFL Football Hall of Fame, George Varis, will be with us shortly. Uh, very, very excited. Um, he is basically an unbelievable guest. How we got him, I have no idea. I did not force him. I didn't have any blackmail on yeah, him, nothing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it was really, really cool to have him. And um, when when he gets close to coming on, I'm going to read his bio because the bio that he sent – He's too modest, to be quite honest with you. I think the bio needed to be a lot more pumped up um, because what he has done going from different um, genres of entertainment, sports entertainment, um, bands, uh, you know, music, he, he's just an humble documentaries, just unbelievable. And I was very, very fortunate to be able to work with him on a project that we did um, that was nominated for an Emmy. So I was very, very, very pleased to be part of that as well. So it was very, um, it's actually, man, it, it was an honor uh, that he said, yeah. So we were very excited. He'll be with us shortly. Again, George Varis will be with us. Uh, we want to hear from you. And Janice, shoot, let me hear what you got to say about the special report that you wind up doing. Oh, man, you're going to put me yes. on the spot. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> Well, it, it was truly a, a, a special report, and I honestly can't share with you all the information, mm. but there will be some breaking news. Can I just say that? Breaking oh, news. Breaking news music. <laughs> yeah, Where's my you got some breaking news music? music? I, I, we need breaking news music. Come on. <laughs> it's a little drum roll. Is that what it there is? There we go. Yeah, we're going to have some breaking news coming up in the next week or two. And I'm going to go ahead and promote my own show, What's the Story? And I'm on Facebook as well on my What's the Story page. So um, when that breaking news comes, Basil will be the one who can tell you. Really? You're throwing yeah. it back to me? That's I'm going <laughs> to. Hey, I got to plug in for my own show. How Absolutely, about that? As you should. That doesn't as, happen very often. As you should. You know me. I, I eat up all the time that I possibly can. It's just the way I roll. You know what I'm saying? It's okay, and I'm used to you. I'm like I an opera singer. I know how to singer. slip in those little plugs for I'm myself. I'm like an opera singer. Me, 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 me. <laughs> That's all. It's all about me. A horrible anyway. opera singer, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> what note was that? That was awful. That was a flat, ugly note. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was terrible. Oh, that. my gosh. Anything else it. going on, Janice, that you could tell us about? Um, you know, it's just been kind of a crazy world that we're living in. There's so much going on. Um, I'm busy with so many different things. We're getting ready to release a book next week. What else oh, can great. I tell you? You know, I mean, lots who's of, the lots author? Of Anyone stuff. that we know? Uh, it is one of my co-hosts, Doug Ashby. He's doing a re-release of his Heroes and Giants. Um, he was a firefighter, uh, eventually became a, a battalion chief in Southern California. And Lovely. so it just t talks about his story. Uh, I, I love stories like that. Uh, yeah. And uh, thank him, um, you know, for his service, too, uh, from us. Uh, to be, uh, I lived next door to a, an actual fire chief, and it was a battalion chief. Uh, growing up from New York City. And, um, you know, that's good. Thanks for sharing that, man. You bet. Anytime that we can go ahead and and share uh, stories about heroes like that, it's that's what this show is all about. It's a little bit of pinch of this and a little bit of pinch of that. And, sure. and that's a good pinch. That's a nice solid pinch of something yeah. there. So uh, nice going, Janice. That's beautiful. Thanks. The book comes out and hey, we would love to have him on the show. 
Yeah. We'd love to have oh, him on awesome. the show one day. Awesome. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, you won't be able to talk much. <laughs> really? He's a bigger talker than I am? He's I pretty good at think, it. I don't believe that. Yeah. I, I guess JR, I'll just be sitting with the JR and we'll you know look at the candle together and uh, you guys just do the interview during and my And be show. hypnotized, right? No, yeah. So good, though, y'all. <laughs> What's it smell like? Uh, potpourri. <laughs> you see, you saying that as a big man, it doesn't sound right. You know, you, you come across macho, funny. and you're just like, "Well, I, I just had me some potpourri." And besides, uh, fool you, I'm multifaceted. Yeah, well, if you could only say it, I think you'd be all right. <laughs> Instead of breaking it down to syllables, I think that'd be great. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, I had a friend of mine didn't know what potpourri was. He thought I had pot stashed away in my bathroom. <laughs> said, no, dude, you you do not smoke the potpourri. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, that's great. Uh, uh, that's, that's one of them. Anything going on? Hey, JR, congratulations to your son, man. He said he played one hell of a game as a linebacker today. Let me, uh, the whole Trask, the Trask middle school team here in Wilmington, North Carolina, they played a hell of a game today. They they played against a bigger team, an older team, but um, they pulled it out. They pulled it out. A shout out to the coach, Marcus Davis, and a uh, shout out to the quarterback, Ryan Gallagher. He had a great game. Mm -hmm. And he throws a pretty ball, man. He throws a pretty ball. But yeah, my son, he, he's young and he's small, but he's learning. He's he's finding his aggressiveness and finding that he's able to let it out on the field. So, yeah, it, if it, you can, you know, um, I I gotta tell you, I, I think for um, for for a young kid, uh, the first thing you know to learn how to use his hands as a linebacker, which is the most mm -hmm. important thing to be able. To, you and I were talking before the show came on to be able to shuck. Uh, these kids, I think one of the toughest things for kids, because they're always afraid of hurting their hands, you get these kids to go ahead and use their hands. They can be dynamite and actually learn so much, um, you know, which is really, really cool, to be quite honest with you. Uh, so good for him. Do you have uh, you have a, a young kid on the plane with last name of Poulos, P-O-U-L-O-S? I honestly wouldn't be able to tell you. Okay. He goes to Trans Middle School and he plays that. I think I think Jack's son, his father is like the assistant principal over at Laney, uh Laney High School here in Wilmington, North Carolina. And I think he plays at I think he does. I, I'm not sure, but I'll find out. Um now we're speaking of football. If you are football fanatics uh out there listening yes. right now, uh we want to hear your comments about this. We're gonna be bringing on um our our uh, our guest tonight. Um, I, I'm I'm just going to do the bio real quick. Is that cool, Janice? Did I do that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I should. We can hear it. So no, no, I I don't know. I want to embarrass him while he's off the air. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> I'll watch his face over there while he's. Okay, watching. that's cool. <laughs> I've known George Veris for for over thirty years. Uh, his wife and my wife's best friend. Uh, are related to each other and just wonderful people. George Varis is a 10-time Sports Emmy Award winner as a producer for CBS Sports with the NFL Today on CBS from 1981 to 93, as well as an NBC Sports, uh, including seven Olympic Games that he has either produce, helped to produce, direct, uh, 
in various, and we got questions to ask him about that. Uh, George is also the VP of, uh, was the VP of production for the Cleveland Browns home games from 2004 to 2007. He's the one that made that stadium come to life for those three seasons. Uh, George found, uh, uh, founded the Veris Communications Inc. in 1994 with the premiere of Yanni Live at the Acropolis, which he produced, directed, and distributed the special worldwide, as well as producing concerts with the likes of Aerosmith, Tim McGraw, Toby Keith, Maroon 5, and the Image Dragons, just to name a few. He also produced four documentaries on the Greek Americans. He was the producer for ESPN's 30 for 30, Legend of Jimmy the Greek. And uh, he recommended me, yours truly, to be the voice of uh, Jimmy the Greek Schneider, uh, narrating um, uh, this uh, along working with director Fritz Mitchell. His documentary, and here it is, by the way, this is the actual special that was done, the 30 for 30 special that was done by ESPN. It's a fantastic special. Um, not because I'm in it, but it was done very, very well and uh, nominated for an Emmy. Um uh, let me see. Uh, th this documentary was an Emmy finalist, and George has just been unbelievable. He has also been with the Pro Football Hall of Fame since 2009, where today he is the CEO, the Chief Operation Operating Officer, uh, and Executive Producer. He created and produced David Baker's National Knock on the Door. Now, this is a great. Have you seen this before? This is where they actually go up. And they they go to the people that are actually uh, going to be nominated or have been nominated to be lifted to the Hall of Fame. And they just knock on the door and they just come right on in. They may be on set. They may be whatever. It's phenomenal. And yeah, it's just a number. You know, they, they just go and to hit all the honorees. It's just phenomenal. If that wasn't enough, he's also George is also the adjunct professor at the Weatherhead School of Management at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio. And I am so proud and pleased to have him with us, ladies and gentlemen, our, our friend, our guest, Mr. George Veris. George, how are you? Well, first of all, I heard the whole introduction. You did embarrass me. Good job. JR, nice to meet you. Janice, nice to meet you. Hey, listen, hey, hey, for this show, I brought my own basil. I got my the own pinch thing. of basil ready to go. Perfect. So yeah, and we it, smell just it, alike. Shake it. Uh, I'm going to give it to you, Jr. for your potpourri. I like it. The potpourri. Okay. And by the way, that's the last funny thing I'm going to do because I'm not even going to compete with a great basil <laughs> no, who is no. just unbelievable uh, in everything that he has done. No, George. Thank you all. First of all, so much. Uh, how's your lovely family? We're great. Thank you. We're healthy. I hope everybody is healthy and safe. We've been very, very blessed. My 91-year-old mother-in-law, who's a freak of nature, didn't get it. And so, you know, we're lucky to be here in Ohio. I think you guys have a pretty good North Carolina. It goes state by state, but uh, this state, the wine's done a great job. You know, uh, the hall, we were only shut down for three months. We've been open since March 10th of a year ago, so 18 months, and everybody's come and nobody's gotten sick. Which thank is God. Like phenomenal. Yeah. Thank God. And, and, and you know, enshrinement week, which we did in August, which is the Super Bowl of history, you know, we had a sellout game, 23,000 for Pittsburgh, Dallas. Then we had 7,000 for the gold jacket show indoors. Then we had back to back enshrinements of 20,000. Then I did the concert. Uh, and I'll tell you, the one guy who got knocked out, the concert was Brad Paisley. 
But when I was directing the Gold Jacket show Friday night, Leonard Skinner was supposed to be the other band. They got COVID and they no. didn't show up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. But, you know, you know, uh, you know, as you know, stuff happens. I mean, you, you, you know, you read and react. Everybody's moving on. And that's what I love about this country and love, you know, having traveled around the world. I, I, you can say all you want about it. We got troubles and stuff. But everybody wants to come here for a reason because it just ain't as good over there. You got that right. No, you know, true, from, true. you know, from your mouth, it's uh, wisdom. Uh, <laughs> there's a reason, like you said, that everyone wants to come to the United yeah. States. Yeah, you know, no, there's a reason. Really um, George, and, and, and the sign of a good producer is also to be able to, uh, like a good Marine, um, adapt and overcome any type yeah. of situation. And, you know, uh, it's not like you're not very well known and people know who the hell you are and you can make things work. It's, it's cool that you had a, a band fill in like that, you know, tough to fill in for Leonard Skinner. You know? Yeah. We, we, we actually, we actually, you know, Chuck Knox, who was a, a great coach of the bills, of the Rams, not in the hall of fame, mm -hmm. but uh, I got the opportunity to know him when I started my career as a ball boy for the jets, which we'll get into later. He used to have this phrase. He was a tough guy from Western PA. Piss poor preparation makes for piss poor performance. So our, our, our lead singer, our opening act, was the country music musician Jimmy Allen. And basically, he was like uh, Lou Gehrig for Wally Pip. He got his big break. So we made him a co-headliner with Brad Paisley, and the show went on. But Beautiful. the point is, we had planned, you know, I knew something could happen. I couldn't leave myself exposed for all those people who bought tickets. And that's what you, by the way, that comes after many failures. You know, you, you know that, that's what they call, quote, wisdom and experience. Right. Because you sure don't chew out that way. Because, you know, when you're young, you just think what you do is going to be perfect every time you do it. And the faster you learn the lesson of the imperfections, uh, then you create the backups, the better off you'll be. Yeah, oh, God bless, man. It's, it's, it's so true. Um, you know, I got to ask, because you said you were, you were a ball boy with the Jets. Is that when you first got your first taste yeah. of, of athletics that you really wanted to be part of sports in some way or another? Yeah, you know, it was a, a great story. Uh, my, uh, my mother's brother-in-law, my uncle, I was the oldest nephew, oldest godson, grandson of the Greek family tree. He was a huge fan. Uh, grew up, his mother divorced, grew up in New York, drove him to medical school. And he loved sports. And he became the team physician for the New York Titans in the American Football League. Mm -hmm. So when I went back to see my relatives, he took me to the polo grounds where 4,000 people were watching crap football. But in that locker room was Hall of Famer Sammy Baugh and Clyde Bulldog Turner wow. coaching the team. Two years later, when the Werblins and the Phil Wisland and uh, they bought the Jets, they bought the Titans, named the Jets, and they signed Joe Namath. My uncle operated on his knee. He's pretty famous himself. His name is James Nicholas. And actually, he invented the knee brace, which is already in the Hall of Fame before I ever went there because it's part of football history. Wow. So my life changed the first day I walked on the field in Peekskill, New York, with Joe Namath the same day in July 1966. And I was just blown away by being around really these gods of these mythology gods of the game. Yeah. Uh, and they're incredible characters. And it's been a 50 year relationship with Namath. And 
I was helping Don Maynard sell his, uh, you know, they made no money in those days. So after practice, he'd give you 20 bucks and he had a bottle of cleaning fluids on a table. So, you know, all the fans were going around and his big thing was, was called swipe to show that it was safe. He used to drink out of it. And again, this is pre green environment days. I mean, I have no idea. I never tasted that shit, but he did. And, and, and I could just tell you story tell after story tell about these guys. You ever remember a guy named Artie Donovan who used to be a big star on Johnny Carson? Yeah, of course. Guy. Yes. Well, Artie Donovan was a big, he's in the Hall of Fame, a character out of Central Casting. He was an offensive tackle when Weeb Eubank led the Colts, the back-to-back world championships in 57 and 58. So now right. Weed is the coach of the Jets. He brings Artie in to be an assistant uh, offensive coach. So Artie's, you know, clocking in at about 320 pounds, about six foot three. And Weeb says, hey, Artie, you can't look like a fat slob here. I got to get these guys in shape. So you're so we're in a, a military camp, Peekskill Military Academy, unair conditioned, giant dining room with you know wooden picnic tables and a buffet line. So at lunch, Artie Donovan is probably holding up a plate of salad like this and pointing to Wee Bubank. Hey coach, hey coach, hey coach. Look at me. And you know, the ball boys used to eat with their heads down. We weren't looking at the coaches. We were not looking left and right. We said, see that, see that? He's doing it, he's doing it. Yeah, 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 right, coach. <laughs> Every night at 10 at night, Artie Donovan knocked on my door. He shoved a $20 bill. Hey, kid, go get me six pizzas from John's Giveaway. <laughs> keep your mouth shut and pick up the boxes when I finish eating them and keep your damn mouth shut or I'll break both your legs. <laughs> that was pro football. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. was the day. That was, that was that was in the day. Oh my, um, my coach, my, my varsity That's coach. Was the um, he was an assistant trainer for the New York Jets? Who? What was his name? Uh, Coach Crosby. Um, and uh, Don Don Crosby was his full name. Uh, and Don was the assistant trainer. And this has got to be in 75, 76. Oh, I'll tell you who he worked with. I'll tell you who he worked with. He worked with Bob Reese and Pepper Burris. I couldn't tell you no, who I we were, no, but I remember I broke my thumb. And there was no way I was going to tell the doctors. And coach goes, did you break your thumb? I said, I think so. He goes, come on with me. And we went to Hofstra. There we are. Yeah. And we, we went with Hofstra. And he goes, come on, I'll take care of it. And he put this plastic thing over my thumb. And then he wrapped it with this. Um, it was tape. almost, it was like a tape, but you put it under this fluorescent light and it hardened. hardened. Right, right. Soft right? cast, soft cast tape. And I wound up doing that. And who comes in? Joe Namath, Winston Hill. This is before they traded Namath, right? So this has got to be like 75. 75. They traded him in 76 to the Rams. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I saw Winston Hill, who was a big boy. And, um, God, I think Eddie Bell was there, who was one of the receivers. I can't remember. Um, and, And I was in awe. You know, and yeah. me being a cocky kid, I'm like, yeah, I, I think I could play this game with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course you did. Of yeah. course you did, baby. I could so, totally do that. So, George, that got you into loving sports. Right. How did you wind up getting from being the ball boy and then getting into television? What was your big break getting into TV to learning to be, I'm, I'm assuming, an assistant producer? 
uh, running all over, getting stuff done. How did that happen? Well, um, it brought me back to New York where my family was. I went to NYU and I began, uh, I was a sports editor and then editor in chief of a daily newspaper for college. Mm-hmm. So I was covering NYU sports and learning, you know, using writing skills to my sports knowledge and that type of stuff. Um, but when I graduated from college, I went to graduate school at night. I had a job downtown working for the university. And I got a call again from the Jets, from the PR guy, Frank Ramos, who said uh, NBC is looking for somebody to be in the press box and be on the interlink with the graphics guys in the truck. You, you know, you know the team, you know the numbers. They basically want a running play-by-play to create the graphics. So if it's Namath hands off to 41, Matt Snell goes off a left tackle or Dave Herman, number 67, three point, you know, four yard gain, six carries, 23 yards, 3.8 rushing average. And so I excelled at that. And then one day, and again, the guy got sick, the stage manager. And the stage manager is a guy who goes in the booth with the TV announcers and hands them the promo cards and is on headset with the truck, sort of directing the traffic of the truck. So I went up there and who's in the booth, but guys I used to work with, a guy who hired me, Merlin Olson, future oh, wow. Hall of Famer, the great NBC announcer sure. with, with, with the, um, uh, Charlie Jones. So again, you guys all have all done this to get ahead. I just didn't hand them cards that like had the commercial spot. But because I knew the team so well, I'm writing little notes. Well, I'll give you like Winston Hill. Um, and I'll tell you my side story here, how I worked with his daughter this year, how oh, wow. life circle comes around. But Winston Hill went to an HBC school, uh, Texas Southern. And trust me, in the 70s, those guys didn't know the word HBCU to begin their life. But he starred in tennis. He had nimble feet from tennis playing. Well, that wasn't even in his bio. So I was given these tidbits, and the camera guy said, you know, you, you got an aptitude for this. They're looking for a writer at the ABC College Scoreboard. This is all weekend work. I interviewed there. I went in, and I began writing for Dave Dials and Chris Schenkel. So basically, although working part-time, going to night school, the Greek thing, you know, getting married, having a kid, in five years, I was working 52 weekends a year for ABC, and I ran the research room in Lake Placid in 1980, my first Olympics. Wow. And, and then I left, I left my job. I was actually running a research institute in sports medicine for my uncle, and um, it was an amicable uh, leaving. And I said to myself, I know I'm destined for something else. And I went to law school in my third night school. I have two master's degrees thinking I was going to be a sports agent and cut my salary in half and took a flyer. Absolutely hated it. But, you know, God does stuff for a reason. And a producer who recognized my talent at uh, ABC, Terry O'Neill, became an executive producer at CBS. Meet him. He says, you can do this. You'll be an associate producer. I said, what does that mean? Well, you know, you're going to write for Brent Musburger on the weekends. You're going to, you know, write uh, features and eventually end up doing tape features. And I was scared shit with it. I said, what do you mean tape? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> tape on my finger? Tape on my hand? What do you mean tape? <laughs> no, no, no. You know, it's like in that um, the movie, videotape. Give me the videotape. Give me the videotape. <laughs> and so the first weekend, uh, when he promised me I wouldn't have to go out of town, he comes up to me on Thursday and goes, 
you're going to have to go fly down to Florida and uh, work with Pat O'Brien, who later, you know, um, hosted Entertainment Tonight and blew himself up. But he was one of our sports reporters. And you're going to go do a feature on Danny Ainge. And I don't know if you guys remember, but Danny Ainge, you know, was a great basketball player at BYU. But there was this rumor that he didn't want to play in the NBA because he didn't want to be around African-Americans. And he went out, he, he got a gig with the Toronto Blue Jays. So I go down to Dunedin, Florida. I meet with O'Brien on Sunday night. And I said, hey, look, Pat, nice to meet you. You know, let's not get to this first question right away. Let's talk about his, uh, how does he like baseball and stuff like that. We go on the field in Eden, Florida. Pat O'Brien, being you know, Pat O'Brien goes, hey, Danny, I hear you don't like blacks. <laughs> that was like the first question. And I'm like, I'm fired. I'm like, done. I'm like, toast. I'm like, and, and, and Danny Ainge, there were three guys that I was producing interviews with that threw their mic down in anger. It was Danny Ainge, Bobby Knight, and Bill Parcells. And Danny Ainge, I'm chasing him across the field. I'm kissing his ass. I'm, like, begging him. Bobby Maddock is the manager. I'm begging him. And O'Brien is laughing. He's, he's just laughing. I mean, he, he knows that it's going to be okay. I don't know it's going to be okay. And that's how it started. And a year later, uh, I was very happy at CBS. I was running around doing features. I did one for the Super Bowl in Detroit in the city of Cincinnati. It mirrored my love of the game with my writing skills and storytelling. And another guy, again, you got to have people who are mentors. Ted Shaker, uh, you'll like this, Basil, because you know the Jimmy the Greek story so well. Mm -hmm. He came up to me and said, uh, I think you should produce the NFL today. I said, Teddy, I said, Danny Four has been the associate producer of the NFL today for four years. He, he deserves it. You know, I know college football. I wrote for it for five years. I'm really honored. And if you want to, you know, maybe consider me to do the college scoreboard. He says, you know, that's why I want to hire you. Because you're not sitting here telling me I want the job. And I need an adult. And I really need an adult to handle Jimmy the Greek. And, there, and that was the start of that love-hate relationship. And then, you know, everything else just fell into place. But, you know, Basil, you did a great job. Thank you. That you you made that documentary. Your voice, the, it was uh, Fritz's direction. And, you know, the great thing, Jr. And, and Janice, about television and productions and the crew I work with today that I love so much about the business, it's a collaborative. Uh, you, you get, you know, you get the recognition, but there's nothing a greater joy. Because every day, it's it, we live in such a great world. You do in the entertainment world, Basil. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can give people joy, around the stuff you do, it just makes you feel young all the time and enthusiastic. Very true. I, I, I got to tell you, this is one of the funniest stories about doing that documentary. Tell me, yeah. Uh, Fritz and um, Fritz. he had uh, Wendy Yamano, who is... Uh, I know Wendy. Yeah, player. the right... Uh, yeah. She's, yep. she's just a real sweetheart she's and a half. And she happened to see me on stage, and I we had a sold-out show at Thalian Hall, and she saw me on stage, and then she said, ironically, your name came up because of you. Yeah. And um, I'm like, well, that's cool because, you know, I, you know, I do a lot of different voices and, and stuff like that. And, and I said, sure. And he says, can you think uh, I'm going to send you some sides, and I want you to go ahead, and I want you to you know, record it. And as you can tell, I'm in my studio right now. Uh, it's a, a nine. studio. Yeah. It's, it's a real studio with a sound studio. <laughs> 
But it's uh, thank God we have this ugly blue screen. What we're going to get rid of this soon. Um, behind it is computers, all sound equipment, mixers, this that. So anyway, she calls me up and sends me a size, and she goes, "Do you mind going ahead?" So I went to go ahead and look at all the Jimmy the Greek stuff that was basically on the NFL Today on CBS. So I yeah. did a really good on air Jimmy the Greek. Because he had a little bit of a, a Western PA, Eastern Ohio, mm -hmm. added with mm -hmm. a slight Brooklynese mm -hmm. type thing. You know, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I could pull this off. And I was trying to, whatever he was doing, his tone, his the way he was, you know, cadence when he would do this. And so I lay down and three days later, two days later, Wendy calls me up. And, and, and she says, Fritz is in town. They listen to it. They want to talk to you. I said, mm. great. I said, do you want to have, and my manager at that time, um, Al Kaz, he, he says, well, you want to do a quick thing since I'm here? I said, sure. And we all got a conference call and she goes, and Fritz actually goes, great. Jimmy, the Greek. Great. But can you do Jimmy, the Greek from the dead? <laughs> <laughs> Now, what direction? Now, <laughs> now, of course, there's no video thing, where, but I'm looking at my manager and he's looking at me. I'm like, I love it. <laughs> so, and I go, of course, I can do Jimmy the Greek from the dead. You think I don't want to give this up? I didn't want to give this up. Oh, so God. I want, yes. and what they really wanted was more of a remorseful Echo, Jimmy the Greek. Yeah. Yeah. So that he was sorry for the way things kind of went down. And, you know, when you're talking about losing, I think, three out of five of his children, cystic fibrosis, cystic fibrosis and all that stuff, um, you know, and I'm and I do my research because that's just the way I, I rock. It doesn't matter if I'm doing my stand up in Greek or my stand up in English or whatever. Mm -hmm. I do my mm -hmm. research and I came back with the same size and they called up, I think, an hour later and they said, you got the gig. Yeah, and I said, OK, thanks. Oh, thank yeah. you. I, you know, but no, you were you were great. It was a, it was a, you know, it took me five years uh, to convince ESPN to do it because they were so scared of the backlash. And you know, as you know, if you watch the documentary, I was in the room when he got fired, and I in Greek, I had to tell him. He said to me in Greek, "Can you help me?" So I said, "Then, but on my kind of people, that I can't do anything." Right. And I didn't know how obliterated he would be. An interesting story is the day after the incident, which was down in Washington on that Friday night of Martin Luther King, mm -hmm. both Roy Ennis, the president of CORE, and Jesse Jackson flew to Washington and did a press conference with Jimmy supporting him. But it didn't matter because six months earlier, Al Campanis, Campanis had, yeah. blown himself, had blown himself up on Nightline with Ted Koppel. Yeah. So as, as, as the viewers know who watch it and know his story, he, he died a broken, almost Howard Hughes type of existence, isolated, things like that. And I just wanted to give his story a chance for the rest of his life to be told. And we didn't back away from anything. But no, you didn't. What I fought for in the format, I had said ESPN, I had to control the format, and I wasn't going to allow the first segment to be the Washington segment. Because if you do that, then... You give him no shot at anything else. And, right. you know, he, he had his faults, but he had a big heart. You know, he was like any of our big Greek uncles from the old country at the table. And, you know, he, he had given away tons of money 
to African-American colleges and support. Al Davis was his biggest friend. He took care of Gene Upshaw when he was down and out with money. Jimmy yeah. did a lot of things that nobody knew about. But, you know, it was a tragic ending, and he got a lot of what he deserved. But at least this gave him a little bit of dignity back, hopefully, up there in the sky. Yeah, and I thought it was it was sad because he was just having dinner with his wife, and he was had maybe one too many. And always. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. And, you know, he only had, I think, a 10th grade education, too. So he didn't have the vocabulary to really kind of help him out a little, you know, a, a bit, yeah. just a bit to, you know, kind yeah. of dig his way out. He should have admitted, he says, you know, I was wrong saying that, and I shouldn't have yeah. said it that way. And I really did not mean it in any, you know, admit, you know, acknowledge the elephant in the room and say, yeah. this is what I did All wrong, right. and then move on. But, you did a great job with that. And okay. and I got to be honest with you, you did all the Olympic games, uh, seven of them. You were there in 80. And thank yeah. you, by the way, for the compliment. I'm not going to let you go without no, saying absolutely. thank you. No, um, you did 1980. The greatest event possible was the Olympic uh, games uh, of the Russians and the Americans, that was with Al Michaels, uh, calling that, do you believe in miracles today to this day? I still get goosebumps thinking about that. How the hell did you keep that a secret? Because I think the game was played three to five hours earlier without us knowing. Well, that, that was, that was ruin our and ABC made that decision, but you know, the story got out on AP, but the vast majority of Americans in those days got their news from the morning papers the next day. Nobody's got a wire machine in their room. So they either get it on the evening news or they wait to read in the newspaper. And the networks, ABC, they didn't even report in the evening news because they're trying to get viewers to come to the table. And what I did do, and I have it in my garage, I have the teleprompter script that I wrote that night for Jim McKay. And, you know, the, we, we fudged it. We didn't give the score anything, but we gave you the, you know, uh, stay tuned for, you know, a game of a lifetime, an unbelievable, uh, but, and we didn't give away too much. I can't remember all the words that I wrote. And, you know, nobody really cared by that time because all they wanted to do was see it. You know, today, the whole world knows everything all at once. But even yeah. when you watch, and the last Olympics I did was for uh, NBC in 2010, the, the models changed. Obviously, you know, you're, you're going to show that live event in, in Tokyo, which is in the evening in Tokyo in the morning. But you're also going to bring it back now in the evening. A lot of people aren't watching gymnastics in the morning. They're rushing out to get their coffee. So nobody cares anymore. I mean, you play in the morning, so you play it at night again, you still get big ratings. And it changed because now everybody can get everything 24-7. And it's like the difference between watching a game at home versus going to a stadium. Okay, you know, you can go to a stadium and watch it. Well, on your TV set, now you can watch it anytime you want. What do you get? And as long as the conglomerate of viewership, and by the way, it hasn't changed. Even though NBC took a ding on the Olympics, it's still a gigantic uh, event, you know, because so many, because they also, they have a worldwide audience. Mm -hmm. It's not just the National Football League game. In effect, when you add up all their numbers, they have more people watching the Olympics than watch the Super Bowl. But, you know, in Japan, it's, you know, 40 million people are watching. Oh, okay. 
So that's what makes the difference for those guys in doing the Olympics. But it's an incredible event if you ever have a chance to go. I took my family with me to Salt Lake. Uh, Athens was a real special treat to do, being sure. a Greek heritage. That was special. Yeah, I'm sure there were some, as a producer, there were some logistical nightmares that you had oh. to deal with. Oh, I'll give you one. I'll give you the 2004 Olympics in Athens. So we, I did the first ever high-definition telecast. Mm -hmm. So we had this huge truck that I'd used before from uh, England called Visions. And we were outside the broadcast center. And we were on the air eight hours a day. I had six producers uh, cranking out from six different sports, writing the format. I created my own studio bridge and things. And we were doing a great job. I mean, we got, had a great team, very well-purposed focus you know it's an 18 hour day but you're on an adrenaline pump and it's the wednesday night before the last weekend and i'm in my cabine writing the script it's like one in the morning or something and and i hear this commotion and there was an electrical fire underneath the boards in the truck and there's this acrid smoke coming out of the truck but the british guys are jumping in the truck and I run around and I'm like pulling them out of the truck. It could be a bomb. I mean, what do I, you know, what are you guys doing here? And, and, and so they get the foam and they're putting it on the thing. And, you know, I bring my production team in and it's two 30 and I'm as happy as can be. I said, this is over. I said, I'm going to book a boat tomorrow. We're going to go to Piraeus. We're going to go take an Island cruise to Idra. You know, we're here in Greece. It's over. They're never going to get this truck to work. Damn Brits, we, we were back up and running at 10 in the morning. <laughs> Just when you thought it was Just safe to go. Just when I thought I was safe to go. Just when I thought I was safe to go. Those bloody Brits, for God's Those sake. Those bloody guys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I can from just imagine. Oh, sorry, Basil. No, it's sorry. okay. Go ahead, JR. I can just imagine just because I um I've been in the news. I direct the news local for a local television station. Mm. I've been for almost 20 years now. And I can just imagine, like Vase was saying, like some of the bad and um, how that was just crazy situation, seeing the smoke and trying to do a show. Yeah, I can just is. imagine dealing that because dealing with hurricanes down here. Oh, you a, guys, that's something. Oh, yeah, man. I sat at a switcher for eight hours straight directing for a hurricane down here. So I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's no, crazy. and look, everybody, everybody deals with it on a, on a different level. Mm -hmm. But... Again, if you're you're you become a professional when when, when that concert's canceled, you, you know, you you not you have to have the steps and plan. You have to lead people with a calm and and have a plan that they can believe in and they want that right away. But again, if you have built this trust, if they followed you in the battle before, the odds are not only they follow you, but they'll lead you. They'll give you better suggestions. And that's what you want. It's not a top down. It's not. It's just a rallying. It's like rallying everybody around a big circle. That's how I always think about it, because you're only as strong as your weakest link. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but it's really, really true. It's true. Yeah. That's the truth. It's the yeah, truth. that's, that's if your audio guy isn't hitting yeah. your mic for you on the air, you know, it's those little things. But but the great thing is when you get everybody together on that on that same page. It's just a beautiful, it's, feeling. It's, it's, a smooth, it's, beautiful feeling, right? Yeah. It is a beautiful feeling <laughs> to be feeling. able to actually uh, to to literally trust the people who you work with that they know your timing, 
They know who you are. You right. know what they're going to do. And you don't even have to question. They just know what's going to happen. Right. And tough to find people like that, but they do exist. And when you do sure. find that team, yeah. you're great. Yeah. George, let me ask you a question. Um, as you, you've done, you've done so many different things. When Veris Communications got together, you know, when you formed that company back in 94, your big thing that you wanted to do was to actually go ahead and do the Yanni concerts. Yeah. How was it when mm. you actually went to go to a historic, an ancient historic venue like the Acropolis and telling the Greek government what you wanted to do? Because sometimes you go to Greece and you can't even look at anything. What hell did you go through putting that concert together? Let me, let me just say, I had, remember I told you about the British crew and the Visions truck I used in mm -hmm. 2004? Because I had done a lot of, of events in Europe, um, uh, Tour de France and boxing. That's why I got to know these guys. Mm -hmm. So I had hired these guys for this show. And this is what they wrote, you know, tours, roadies will also create themes around shows. You know, the Stones will create their whatever theme. They printed up shirts, and this is what they said about the Greeks, and then I'll tell you the story why. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Can't make this up. We came, we saw, they lied. <laughs> you can't make it up. And the reason why they said that is because they lied at every single junction. But because I was Greek, I told them it was going to happen. And I said, you're just going to have to realize we're going to have to do this ourselves. And one of the things was that we're, you know, we had generators there. We're sitting for rehearsal. We're doing overnights to set up the lights. You can't make noise during the day at the Acropolis. So you can't have, you know, ha jackhammers building a stage and all this type of stuff. And there's that great shot on the Acropolis. I'll tell you about the, the lit Acropolis, how they try to blackmail us about that in a second, too. <laughs> look, look, look at that shot. I mean, I, it's this this show was this show changed the way music shows with orchestras were shot and lit mm -hmm. forever. And let me just tell you about this guy here. This guy has the biggest kihonis of any guy I've ever been around. I, I, we wrote a book about it. I mean, his passion, but how he told off the record companies, how he put his own money on the line. He spent three years raising his own money. Um, we were such brothers on this thing. He was amazing. And I always loved his music. You know, I really, that's how it started, me getting to know him. But getting back to the Greeks, they tried to blackmail us for money by not lighting the Acropolis up in rehearsal. And basically, Yanni and I just looked at each other. We knew exactly what to do. We just said to everybody, walk away. Act as if we're never coming back. Okay? Don't say anything. Don't tell them anything. Put the instruments down. I have the Royal Philharmonic. Leave everything in place. Let them clean this fucking place up. And we'll be back. And the lights will be on. Because they would take the heat from their people, not us. We weren't charged the light. You, you, you call the bluff. Or the petrol trucks came for the generators, and the Greeks only gave you a quarter of the gasoline. <laughs> and, and they're charging you for a full tank. And I'm like saying to them in Greek, you know, they didn't think I was Greek until I started talking Greek. 
And then I told everybody, get in your cars, get gas cans, and go to the SO dealers and start filling your tanks up with gas. That's how we're going to tell them to go to hell. <laughs> I did it. I did it in the middle of Jamaica, Kingston, Jamaica. I did a boxing match, and it was at the Maryland Ati Stadium in 1988. And um, ABC had done a boxing match with Teofilo Stevenson in Cuba, and they failed to put a a cover tarp over the ring in an outdoor stadium and there was rain and the, well, the boxers were slipping all over the place and Cosell was going crazy on the air. What a mistake this is. Who is the imbecile <laughs> who didn't put this roof over a boxing match endangering the Olympic champion, C.L. Phil Stevens. I mean, he just went nuts. So, you know, I get the assignment and, I'm, and I go to survey in Jamaica I make a special trip and I tell them, you gotta have it, gotta have it up, you gotta have it up, you gotta have it up. And Friday night, there ain't anything up. And I get my crew and I said, okay, we're out of here. Now I had told New York, you better have a back backup boxing match just in case. <clears throat> and we went to the airport and we iced them. They told us they weren't gonna leave the airport. I said, fine, we're gonna sleep here. And then all of a sudden they came back at 1.30 in the morning and we went to the arena and voila, there was a roof over the ring. <laughs> of course. What, what, may, what possessed oh. them to think oh. that they shouldn't put money, something? Money, money, they're looking for the cash. Uh, looking for the cash. It's blackmail uh, money. If you, get, yeah, if you give away to the first guy, you're like dead. You're dead, dead, dead. When I look, the biggest concert, the biggest undertaking was the Taj Mahal. The Taj Mahal, we did the Taj Mahal in the Forbidden City within two months. But India, you talk about the country you get nothing done and you got to pay for everything, it's India. And from the day I walked on there at the Taj in 96 and conceived this thing, we got it done in a year. But at one point, three weeks out from the concert, $4 million in, uh, laying pontoon bridges over the river to get us to the backside of the Taj, create a 7,000 seat arena, folding chairs, a, oh a, tent, a tent city with like, you know, blocks that were out of uh, wood slats. We got sued at Indian Supreme Court for sound and light pollution. What? I was, I was in Hawaii because Yanni said, you should come here and relax. And you know, I felt like Aaron Rodgers. I'm saying relax. What do you mean relax? Relax. relax. I, I'm trying to, I'm building this like $10 million commitment for you. There's no relaxing. <laughs> and now I have to fly from Hawaii all the way back to Delhi, my ninth trip in six months. And I had 17 lawyers because the Taj is in an area that's the city of, of Agra, the state of Uttar Pradesh, the Defense Department, oh, wow. because it's a national monument, mm -hmm. and the Archaeological Society of India, all defending us. And I was having studies faxed to me, tons of papers <laughs> to India from scientists at the University of Minnesota disputing the claim that sound and lights could ruin the mortar in between the tiles on a building. Wow. And and we go into Indian Supreme Court and it's like my room here. I got a very high ceiling, but it had those those fans and you had the big um the judges on a huge court with the white wigs, the old English style looking down on you. 
And they they came up with a very Solomon ruling, and it was three weeks out. They said, as long as you leave the grounds the way you found them, we'll let the concert go on. And, well, they're saying the concert's going to go on, right? but right. they were serious about leaving the grounds. And uh, the Indian Army actually pulled up the pontoon bridges, and we were like captive on this little island that we built <laughs> until we got the whole thing cleaned up. So there you go. Well, you know, between these stories, and it, it's tough for people. I know what it what it takes right. to put these various concerts not at your level, nowhere near. But let me at least ask you this: between music and sports and also the all the documentaries you've done uh about the greeks and and that's another right. uh, thing that we're going to get into because i hope to god one day you do come back on this show because you've been fantastic no, just, i love it but what is your favorite what could you do for the rest for the rest of your natural life to say you know i could do this and be happy i'm making great money or do you like the variety that keeps your blood pumping a little bit. <clears throat> I like all that you said, but here's the core that still amazes me to this day. No matter when my staff sends me something to edit, no matter when I write a script for them, the creation of something is the drive. And, and, and big or small, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm literally amazed. I mean, it, it, it's, I'm lucky. I know how lucky I am. I know many people don't like their job. I know how hard it is for my kids to find a job that they love. My wife understands it. You know, the, there's a, I, I don't know what it is about putting together something that other people can see. No, and by the way, it doesn't matter if it's small or, or, or not. It has a purpose. It's teaching somebody how to do it. It might reach somebody and change somebody's life, one person's life. If it changes one person's life the right way, I might not never know oh, about that life, but I know I'm lucky enough to have the opportunity to do it, and I'm blessed to do that. And as long as God gives me my health, and which he has incredibly, I could tell you, Basil, that it doesn't have to be huge. But, but I'll tell you one thing, you gear up for those big moments. <laughs> and I tell you, I tell you, enshrinement week is a mother of a week. On that small imagine. footprint of the Hall of Fame, Ugh. we did all those shows. The national broadcast for Fox on in a pregame. Um, I directed in the chair of the Gold Jacket show. Uh, the two productions with you have a dual broadcaster of ESPN and NFL Network on your small campus, and you got to take care of all those cameras, all those guys. Get the Hall of Famers in place to do the speeches. And then load out that stage and load in a music stage for a show the next night. And I got to, you know, let me hold up my hand. That's see, the, see the number four? Yeah. That was my staff. Wow. Really? What? Wow. Really? <laughs> wow. Wow. That's incredible. So you're what blackmail material do you have Everything. on them to get four people to do all that? <laughs> wow. So they're, you're still they're, doing all the editing. You're still doing everything. It all. Yeah. Yeah. They're wow. giving an example. So I'm in the truck doing a gold jacket show live to tape. Yeah. And it's not going to air till the next day. So we don't want to give the, 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 uh, 
the actual show live to tape to the press, but they all are clamoring to have the uh, some sure. video every time we put a gold jacket on somebody, put 19 gold jackets on. So my associate producer, Carol Moeller Kozwinski, is sitting next to me, and she's helping me, you know, direct the traffic on the stage and all that type of stuff. At the same time, because of the technology, she's on her laptop and literally clipping as I'm directing the part when they put the jacket on and dumping that 20-second tape into a media file so all the media people can access every single one of those as we're doing the show. Wow. And, and again, these wow. people, yeah, they, what they wow. do is they've heard the stories, they've seen how do I do, which is never to say no, but figure out how to do something like it's never been done before. And I tell you, that's the beauty of the technology like we have here tonight. You, you can stretch beyond your imagination. And the other part about it is I'm now free to grab the worldwide library of everything from video music and create concoctions. The challenge is everybody's a producer, everybody's a YouTuber, but the challenge is to do it different because we're the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And we do it. If you watch our stuff, it ain't like anybody else's. Beautiful. So true. Yeah, I like so the knock true. on the door. Think the about knock that knock on the door. door. What a charts. great concept to Good. do that. And how surprised, I'm sure, when you did it with Cower oh. and uh, Jimmy uh, together. That I mean, great, right? oh, that, that must secret, have been magnificent. The sting. It, it, it's like the movie The Sting. You're creating these things. And by the way, you can't hide David Baker in New York City. In other words, if people see David Baker walking around, it, it's not hard to put one and one plus one together to begin with, okay? Yeah. And so, again, without getting too much detail, the CBS one was really sort of special for me because, in effect, I ended up doing my last show for the NFL Today as my greatest show ever by bringing Bill Cower on the stage in front of all my friends. Nice. It was incredible. And and Baker and by the way, let me just say, David Baker is the most phenomenal, um, gentle, brilliant, unconditional love guy that has let me run wild <laughs> next to him for six years, and I just keep getting better because of it, which is uh, to me phenomenal. And, oh. and, and maybe I'm fooling myself, but because of him, he just elevates it. He's a brilliant writer. He loves music. He loves creative. And the mission of the Hall of Fame that we have to honor the heroes of the game, preserve its history, promote its value. Every slogan you see comes from David Baker. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And when you have a part, again, you, you again, it's you got to have those people around you. So, right. you know, Voxo Sikidia, Voxo C, as you know, you and I you know. That, right. You know, to have that blessing. But, you know, I see the work you do, Bass. So you are the energizer, buddy. I watch your travels. I track you. I can't believe the energy and effort you put into your, your – you are the same way. You are the exact same way. I'm blessed to have the job that I have. Right. A lot of people says, you know, you could have been a lawyer. This is, a, you know, a thing. And I'm like right. – you know, when you confuse torts for French pastry, I think you gotta, you know, figure out that this is not the right gig for you. Um, but what I'm, but what I, what I admire about you and I have for many, many years is your ability to whatever you touch, 
it basically, to be quite honest with you, turns to gold. And um, I, I hope that you come back on this show again. No, my honor. I, it, uh, I, I loved having you on. The stories about, you know, Winston Hill and the story, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we have that I kind of only slightly touch upon that you were embedded in. No, and that's that. something that... Um, that, that I truly love. And the inside stories are the ones that always make me smile. I'm going to watch this over and over and over again, because I'm not going to have the opportunity, you know, when I'm, when I'm talking to someone or giving them a quick interview, it, it, you don't really grasp everything what they have to say, but tonight was a little bit different. Uh, we have great, man, we have a lot of great guests on this show. I know you know, uh, Ken Shamrock, who's, who's a maniac. Uh, we had, you know, uh, Mike Hollis, who, you know, kept great place kicker from the Jacksonville Jags. Um, you know, other people that have been on and are coming on, but George, uh, this interview was great. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart oh, for being on a pinch of basil. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. I truly mean that. And, um, shake will, it up, baby. Yeah. Shake it up. Hey, could I want to want to plug. I want to make a answer, make a plug. Um, yes, there. College, my college teammate, one of my college teammates, Tori Holt. Oh, my, I love Tori. Amazing. Yeah, tell him about me. He and okay. I are tight. We yeah. tried to help him last year. I think he's got a great, he great shot. He's a he great guy. His daughters are great. Yeah, the whole family yeah. is absolutely amazing. Please give him my best. He knows me. He knows our team here. We can't be favorites. We get all that part about it, but but this guy is a Hall of Fame person. Person, get in the Hall of Fame. His story, he, everything is amazing. His story and his dedication, his passion. That was wonderful. Yes, your sir. teammates with him. That's great. Give my best. Sure. I love it, George. Thank you so much for being thank part you. of this show. Thank you for having me. And God bless you and your family. And we'll be talking to you soon, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. George Veris. Thanks again, my friend. God bless. Thanks, my friend, Jared Janice. Thanks for putting it together. Nice to meet you, sir. Thank Take you, care. George. Safe travels, Basil. Thank you, buddy. Yes, thank us. you. God bless. Yes. Us. Wow. Uh, what uh, can I say? I mean, Janice, first no, of all, I mean, let the guy speak. I, I mean, you know. kept yapping. I and just yapping. kept interrupting him. You know? What can I tell <laughs> you? He was very interesting. Very interesting. Lots of stories that I had no idea. So I you learned know, and, a lot. And, and, and the thing is, what I admire, because when it comes, and, and JR could probably even speak more to this. Uh, I know he can. Television <clears throat> production and the ability to adapt to the technologies that are available to us um, and to be able to have someone like George to be able to switch gears. That's what makes a great producer. That's what makes a great producer slash director. And we didn't even get into his distribution that any of that, I, I had all these questions and his stories were so, this is what really happened. And you know, the stories about the jets, uh, growing up as a kid, you know, 1969, you know, when the Jets won the Super Bowl, you know, I make no bones. You know, my as a kid, the Jets were my favorite team along with the Cleveland Browns, you know. And when they played each other, I think in 1971 for the first Monday night football game, I was devastated because I didn't know who to root for, right. you know. So, uh, <laughs> but a man like that to share his expertise in what he does was just phenomenal. And I'm sure that a lot of our fans that have been, you know, are, are, have watched this and it goes all the way. It's just, 
Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, you know, we got a lot of great, yeah, we got a uh, you know, from Paul Bond to to C to CC uh, uh, to Bam Davis, John Batchow, um, you know, uh we see Bam Davis again. Thanks uh, so that's Bam. my brother. That's oh, my is that brother. right? That's well, my brother. Okay, man. Uh thanks, man. Uh hey Basil. Hey Tessie, how you doing, sweetheart? Linda Lackis, thank you. Michael Gersh, love how you work yourself into his bio. <laughs> Michael Gersh, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, but he knows you. Yeah, very well. <laughs> uh, he was very kind in what he had to say and about was, me, too. That, that was, was very, very cool. Um yeah, but that's a, that's a funny story. David Lopez, Manny Miliotis, uh, all these people, the cast of characters. Uh, I want to thank you all for being part of this great show tonight. Again, uh, you've been listening to A Pinch of Basil. Um, you guys have been great. Janice, JR, uh, the show wouldn't be worth anything without you all, and I really mean that. Um, it was fun. It was, and George was a fantastic he guest. He was awesome. He was yes, really he was. good. Yeah. Yes, he was. Really well, folks, that. I want to thank you all. Listen, uh, don't forget, you can hear us uh, every Wednesday night at um, basically 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. That's New York City time for those people all around the world, uh, PM. So uh, we didn't even get that he's an he was an adjunct professor and still is um, at yeah. the management. Uh, just, you know, we barely scratched the surface with it. Yeah, him. I mean, it's just uh, unbelievable. Really so, but you can hear us every Monday. Don't forget, folks, I'm going to be in New York, in Belmore, New York, this weekend at Funny at the, uh, sorry, Governor's Comedy Club at the Brokerage. I can be there. I will be there on Saturday and Sunday. Saturday is the general audience show, Sunday is the Greek show. I love you all so much. Janice, JR, and to all the fans that have been watching, thank you so much for being part of this great show tonight. Y'all have a great evening.